We are kindly sponsored by Sliderstock. They are a bespoke auction and e-commerce platform. So if you guys need them, hit them up at www.sliderstock.com. Today we have Katie from Katie and Co. Hi, Katie. Hello. Um, she is a predominantly a dog walker, but she has Katie and Co. Crafts, which um makes snuffle mats and tug toys, and she does some wonderful artwork as well of dogs humans or dogs and humans and it's lovely um and she's also a wedding chaperone for your pooches which is amazing um <laughs> bit of a, a long story we went ages ago didn't we years ago yeah i don't even um, remember like how old we were like but it was a long time <laughs> I, think I, I must have been about 16 and we worked at jack <gasps> no world yeah that young? yeah <laughs> years oh um, god yeah, so we worked at Jack Wills together and then didn't speak for ages. And then Katie, I'd already set up my dog walking business and Katie messaged and she was like, I'd love to set up a dog walking business. And she came with me for the day and we had lots of fun and lots of walkies. And then Katie set up herself and not too far. She's in like the next town to us. Um didn't want to step on your toes. No, <laughs> never. Um, but we never bump into each other on walks, do we? So no, same. But um, and Katie has a lovely dog called Bailey. I don't know about lovely. Oh, he is. <laughs> he's cute. He's very cute, but he's a what do we call them? Naughty but nice dogs. <laughs> yeah, they're the Not best kind. Yes. Yeah. So. Katie, with regards to the Katie and Co crafts, just explain all the different kind of products that you that you offer. Sure. So, um, predominantly, I make snuffle mats and tug toys. That's what I started out by doing. Um, but then I also do um, digital portraits, which are kind of like cartooned versions of photos. So it might be you and your dog, or you and your family, and I will sort of draw them in a kind of cartoony way so they're my pet portraits if you like yeah. they're lovely <laughs> we love those um so so what are snuffle mats for those of us who maybe haven't used them before yeah so uh, a snuffle mat if you're listening and thinking what did she just say um they are weighted rubber mats that have sort of fleece fabric tied into them um to create lots of little like hiding spaces and essentially what you do is you take um treats so that can be anything like your um pet pate that's chopped up into little pieces or it can even just be your dog's kibble if your dog is kibble fed um and you scatter them onto the fleece folds pop them out on the floor and then you let your dogs sort of snuffle and sniff and eat all the treats and it's a nice form of enrichment that's really easy and simple to do amazing we've used them quite a bit and and they really do enjoy that kind of aspect of of a snuffle mat but but why Mm. do they enjoy it what's so good about it well I'll give you the long version um so making the snuffle mats it 
it kind of came from a desire to offer Bailey different kinds of enrichment in the house. Um, so what I was saying before, he is naughty but nice. Um, Bailey is quite reactive and has a few different sort of anxiety issues, particularly outside the house. So walks can be really stressful. Um, so we started actually working with Kim at Pooches Galore, who if you've listened before, you will know Kim. Um, and then also doing like different training courses myself. I'd started to learn about canine reactivity um, and specifically became quite interested in the idea of, of your dog being over threshold. So I know Dukey has some problems. Has, has, have you ever heard of the threshold thing, like the bowl of water analogy? Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's it's very much worth looking into. Mm. So just to clarify, not a trainer, not a behaviourist, but I've done a lot of courses and spoken to a lot of professionals. So the you know way it was explained to me, well, <laughs> a bit, um, but the way it was explained to me is that your your dog has a bowl, of, a bowl basically, and every day little bits get added to that bowl that... Um, like that they may have reacted to it can be in a positive way or a negative way so just as an example your dog wakes up in the morning and you go downstairs let them out into the garden and there's a bird in the garden and they go bark and chase that's going to add a little bit of water into the bowl then you might play with a tennis ball with your dog or a toy or something like that and get them a little bit riled up that's going to add to that bowl then the postman might come they get triggered that's going to add to the bowl you're slowly filling this bowl up until it is full of water. And then if something happens, so for Bailey, it'd be like seeing a cat or a dog, which is quite an intense thing for him. That bowl of water is already going to be really high up because of all the other things that have happened. It's then going to spill over and that's yes. a really big reaction. Um, so for, for Bailey, being over threshold does mean like barking, lunging, that sort of thing. But for dogs, it can be displayed in lots of different ways depending on the dog. It can be like zoomies or mouthing too much or um, shutting down completely as well. Um, there's lots of different ways depending on the dog that it is displayed. Yeah. And as, as well, every dog's bowl is different. Some dogs are literally not phased by anything at all. And then you get dogs like Bailey, who's basically got like a thimble of a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take threshold a lot. No. Um, so the good news is that there are lots of things that you can do to bring them back down over threshold because I think that if you leave them so like if Bailey had had that really stressful morning and we didn't do anything to bring him back down I think naturally it takes three days is that what you'd hear? Yeah, 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 to come back down because I remember when I did work in rescue that I heard that it can take three months for a dog to decompress coming out of rescue which is massive like so just something like that for Bailey three days so um one of the courses that I'd done was with Morag Ayres who is a um dog behaviorist trainer um and she did a um was a seminar on scent work it was like scent work for success or something like that and it was focusing on like using your dog's nose and using scent work not just as a distraction but also to calm them down and soothe them and to take water out of this bowl basically yeah amazing yeah so I know on your other podcasts um there's been talk of like enrichment and chewings uh, and licking and all those things that are really soothing to calm your dog and to settle them one of those things is snuffling um 
it, it's a natural behavior I was going to say it's they yeah. naturally do it anyway so so why not utilize their kind of natural instincts and yeah exactly it, I think like if you've got a dog that's always lingering around the kitchen and looking for scraps and snuff you know snuff and look snuffle I can't even say it now snuffling <laughs> their nose around the kitchen or in the grass or you know whatever it might be they are going to love a snuffle mat because it's giving them that natural behavior that they're in tune to but actually allowing them to do it and giving them something positive instead of saying get out the kitchen yeah Um, yeah so I I would recommend that everyone has a snuffle mat or some sort of like scent work enrichment type thing that's easy to do um because it's not just about if you've got a reactive dog there's so many benefits to it to for, for any dog so it's an enrichment thing um it gives your dog something to do it's boredom busting it is calming and soothing um as you know we've talked about it's that natural foraging behavior um it's really good for tiring out puppies because obviously you can't take them on long walks when they're younger definitely yeah Um, brilliant idea for puppies yeah and then on the flip side of that as well older dogs who can't get out or dogs that have arthritis or you know like your your dogs had the issues with their back recently snuffling is like that kind of I like to think of it as almost like um, a Sudoku puzzle or like sitting down and doing homework or something like that. Like it's it's mentally tiring. And I think people get too focused on physical tiring and, t- oh, I need Definitely. to go and tire out my dog by throwing a tennis ball. That is not good for your dog physically. And the more you do that anyway, the more tolerance it's going to get. So if you did something like snuffling or, in, you know, different type of enrichment activity, you're going to find that your dog actually is is calmer from doing that sort of activity. Yeah. Would be going out running or something. Um, no, I think it's quite a new phenomenon, isn't it? Um, mm. And a lot of people either kind of haven't heard about it or or don't maybe believe it to be true. But mm. but it is. There's plenty of research on it. Um, and, you know, ask around, ask people, drop Katie a message and, you know... Yeah. There is so many different ways of, even with the snuffle mat, we use loads of different treats in there. Um, mm. And it just keeps it a variety and and it does definitely tire them out. I can vouch for that because Daxons aren't a fan of rain. Whoever anyone <laughs> will know this. Um, so so on particularly, they, I mean, they go out in the rain. We often walk in the rain, but on particularly wet days if they've had a busy week, We'll give them a snuffle mat and they can spend ages. And even when they've finished, they still sniff around it and try and find other bits and bobs. So it's really, really good. It's a great way of enrichment and boredom busting. Yeah. And I would just say as well, like you don't obviously make snuffle mats. I sell snuffle mats. It'd be great if you'd buy one, but if you if you can't if you don't have the money at the moment especially at this time you can make things at home or just like simply use the grass so one of the things I do with the dog with the dogs that I take on dog walks is that especially if they've had quite a zoomy walk um, and there's like puppies playing and things like that and I just want them to have a bit of a you know decompress calm down I will just crush up a load of sprats which it smells nice in your hands um, and then throw them all over the floor and just let the dogs sniff and snuffle in the grass and the long grass and the amount of time they'll spend just sniffing to get every last crumb and it's so 
it's so amazing to see how much chill, more chill they are once they've done that. Like after running they around, do like the same, and and it's, yeah. it it is really noticeable. Yeah. So if you're listening to this this weekend, try it with your sausage dog. <laughs> and yeah. Because um, are they quite? So I I did a course on um, natural. Uh, like into well it was interactive play and natural play to fit your breed of dog so with Bailey with him being a terrier the play that he specifically likes is like tearing shredding killing um, yes. <laughs> and, and like hunting with his nose basically um and it said that like you should try and adapt your play and your enrichment to suit your breed of dogs. So what with sausage 100%. dogs, like what's specific for them? Is it snuffling so, type things? Yeah, so they are hounds. So naturally they use their nose an awful lot to kind of mm. seek out prey, if you like. Um, so this that's why we actually got into scent work with them because it was when it was because Missy had had a spinal surgery and she'd slowed down a little bit like on recovery um, and we were thinking of things to do with them and obviously if you know anything about the breed they are like I said hounds so things that make them use their nose are naturally going going to release kind of happy hormones mm. um, because it's what they enjoy doing it's it it's intuitive for them yeah. Um, so yeah snuffle mats are amazing any kind of scent work um they absolutely thrive on it and 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 it's letting them just be dogs as well you know like throwing a ball over and over again isn't actually kind of necessarily the best form of exercise it's not a natural activity either it's not no so so they definitely enjoy kind of the scent work aspect of things way more than fetch or yeah so yeah and I will just say as well like if you do have a reactive dog or like reactive issues obviously go see a behaviorist or a a therapist a trainer you know whatever it might be but look at scent work because it's been massively changing like life-changing for us in terms of if we're out with a dog if we're if I'm out with Bailey and we pass another dog or that he's he's a dog he will twig it and he will go very tense if I throw some treats on the floor and do a find it game or something it immediately takes him away from it and we found that to be one of the best distractions or a toy yeah so we do exactly the same with apple um yeah and so James doesn't come on walks with us very often um, because he works in in an office nine to five but so obviously all week me and apple do do work together and um at weekends he generally comes on walks with us and this weekend just gone he came on a walk and he was like oh my gosh he's like apple is so much better and I was like oh thanks but he was like why do you keep throwing loads of treats on the floor and so explaining to him and he was like oh yeah I would never have even thought of that so it helps us loads um and yeah so if it's a great tip for for anyone with kind of reactive dogs. Mm, um, so in terms of your um, dog walking, yeah. um, explain to us uh, kind of why you became a dog walker in the first place. What inspired you? I feel like it was a lot of different things. Um, so 
at the time, so at Bailey's 11, I got him when I was 18, and he, among other things, has separation anxiety. So, ha- so leaving him alone has always been quite a big thing Challenge. for us. Yeah. Yeah. So ha- having, I went into an office job with quite strange hours where I was working from 12 till nine and at the time my partner worked normal hours so it kind of worked out that he was only being left alone for like a few hours on an afternoon and then we'd kind of switch swap or he'd go to work with something but it just wasn't a long-term type thing um and as I say I was in an office job which at the time I really enjoyed I did but it just got to a point where I thought I don't think I can do this for the next 20 years of my life like I I don't see myself loving this forever so I remember walking home one day and thinking but what do I love what do I love more than anything I was like well I love baby (laughs) and I thought (laughs) this sounds like me (laughs) he just like choked in the background so excuse him (laughs) um yeah and then I thought well how can I make my dog my job um and then I thought dog walker of course but one of the biggest challenges was that I didn't drive at that point so I remember I, um, <laughs> I put this business plan into place and like the first thing to tick off the list was like get my driver's license so <laughs> it was from like me having that conversation with my boss who was absolutely incredible and was yeah. so supportive and um I was really really lucky in my position that my boss was like you taste your dreams you go after what you want and she let me do part-time work on an evening there and then start my dog business during the day um amazing I would say like if anyone is thinking about it get some savings behind you or get a part-time job because the first few months of building your business oh there's expenses but also unless you buy someone else's client base, you have to build your client base from scratch and you are not earning a lot of money for those few months. So have some savings behind you, definitely. I remember it well. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was scary, but we got that. Um, And so what's your favourite thing about being a dog walker? Oh, I mean, obviously it has to be the dogs. Like, yeah. this, there's so many things like I love being my own boss I love the flexibility of the debt I mean no, no it's not that flexible because obviously you have to pick up dogs at certain times yes but if you want to drive this way you can go this way or you want to drive that way like if you want to go pick up lunch you can you are your own boss and there is that amazing side of it where you 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 just feel free and I genuinely go to work every day buzzing and it's been three years now and I'm still not over that I can't wait to go Excitement, and see yeah. today or like you know if it's a different dog or and and seeing the dogs play together because so me and Harriet both have the same kind of setup in that we do group walks so the dogs have to be quite well socialized dogs they have to be able to get on with each other. I don't know if you do like one-to-ones and things as we well do as well but it, right the majority is group walks yeah yeah so I only do group walk I'm quite strict with the dogs that I take on because I wanted to have an an, an easy life I'll say that in quotation marks um as easy as it can be because I have my own reactive dog I didn't want to then be dealing with other people's or you know dogs with like major behavioral issues I wanted dogs that were going to be one big happy family as much as they can be um so seeing the dogs 
playing together or not necessarily even playing like today I had a group that um they just get on with their own thing they, they're not players they fit really well yeah. together because they just want to go and sniff and do their own things and you can kind of like leave them to it for most of the walk obviously like checking in with them I can always Regularly, see them obviously, yeah. but I mean checking in in terms of giving them yeah. a treat or whatever um but watching them just enjoy the walk and sniff everything and take themselves for a little paddle it's so nice to see um and I had a really funny experience today actually which it probably wasn't the best thing to have happened but it was it was so sweet so Cooper the Labrador is like really aloof he's he's still he's still a puppy and he's still like learning a lot um but he's kind of just like a big floppy idiot that just runs around <laughs> yeah. like never we've really seen videos him. of him yeah yeah he just he doesn't really seem to like pay attention to much of what's going on um but today he had one of those so we, we went down to the lakes where we never see anybody else and there was this guy fishing and he did have a big fishing rod so I think what would happen what happened was that Cooper was just a little bit scared of this weird man with a fishing rod um but he did this thing where he like barked at this guy and then like backed up and like pushed me into a corner it was like you stay over here the guy was like do you know it's really good because obviously you're walking by yourself and like it's good that the dogs are there to protect you I mean I think he's just scared but like <laughs> oh he was looking outside his you. perspective it looked like Cooper was like I've got this <laughs> oh it was so I, cute. I do believe though a lot of my group walks I do feel really safe with them because I do feel yeah because you build that connection with them don't you yeah yeah. And I honestly do feel like they would look after me if I needed them. Oh, I have no doubt that, that like, if I dropped down and fell, like, I know the dogs that would come and sit down by my side. It's not my own dog. He wouldn't. No, mine's not my own either. <laughs> He's like, see ya. <laughs> I'm off lead. I'm free. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have dogs that are, like... They, they become like your own and I know I know you'll felt this too but especially when we had that first lockdown and we had to close I was in tears like missing the dogs because they 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 genuinely feel like your own dogs especially the ones that you've got like three or four times a week um I remember cry like crying when we first went back and I saw the Labrador you know the big Labradors that I walk yeah Shadow and Paddy and they give me the best welcome every time they come running out the gates and they're bouncing and they jump straight in the van and I was like oh this is my job and I'm so happy to be back (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling there's because obviously I've been off for a while with Apple's puppy yeah puppies and I've not still not seen some of them by the time I've kind of we've got back to it all and I've seen a few this week and I was just like oh I miss you yeah (laughs) and they are so I don't think people understand that connection that you have with they are truly like your own dogs and yeah you'll be the same but I care for them just as much as my own dogs um if not more sometimes when mine are naughty I'm like oh can we just swap oh um, I, yeah I've had that before I've there's definitely a couple of dogs that I've like said to Chris I'd take this dog home like I'd oh, put same. Bailey there in their house and I'd take this dog <laughs> home. oh yeah loads. um and it's it's I just love it I totally agree with you mm. yeah it is the best job and but it's not you know it it comes with a lot of responsibility and for sure it's yeah not without challenges I think yeah I think a lot of people take it 
for like for granted like they look at it from the outside and they see us like woo look at our dogs like on yeah. Instagram and things and people message me all the time and say you have the best job ever and I I do but it is hard like there's so much behind the scenes that you don't see like there's 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 a lot of um like training and behavioral stuff which we are dog walkers we're not dog trainers so we're not there to train people's dogs but we have to have a knowledge and an understanding yeah. of it correctly and not you know some people that don't know much about dogs that do this job um, you, you have to you have to be really on top of things because there's a lot of like laws and like the dangerous dogs act for example I've had to let go of a dog that she was absolutely amazing like she was so beautiful she was a puppy still but she was a German shepherd so she was big and she oh, I remember her yeah, she she unfortunately had a bit of a habit of jumping up. And people think, well, it's not that, you know, it's it's a dog jumping up. They do that. Like, don't get me wrong, a lot of my dogs on my walks do that, but they're smaller. The problem with, with this dog was that she did it to a stranger. And if that stranger had reported that incident, she could have been put down. And that is the law. And, and there would have been a hefty fine for me not the owner for me but obviously she would have been put down and that's massive it's so, huge yeah it, and, and and I think people think like oh yeah it's just you know go take some dogs out but there's like that is such a big thing can you imagine if that person had reported that dog and then I'd had to say your dog has to be put to sleep because she jumped up at someone like yeah it doesn't bear thinking about um, we've yeah. had a similar a similar incident um and it, it's just not worth it you know it it's not just about like yeah like you said it's not just about taking people's dogs for a lovely adventure in the woods or by the river or what whatever it 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 comes with so many kind of risks and that you've got to kind of preempt and manage but but also manage people's expectations as well like customers expectations um so yeah, it's it, it's huge, and although, like you said, it is the best job in the world, which absolutely is, it it it's quite stressful, which I don't yeah. think people realise. Um, no. I know every job is stressful or can be stressful, um, but yeah, it it's it comes with its its challenges. It has um, its own anxiety-inducing moments when yes, I don't. I don't know if this ever happens to you but I will be like drive like driving after a walk like drop off the other dogs and I'll all of a sudden I'll be like oh my god did I put that dog in the van (laughs) (laughs) you have those moments of like did I forget a dog today or did like and it's it's irrational because obviously you know you double check everything you've got yeah you know safety is one of the top priorities for us but there's always like I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and think is there a dog still in my van I was just about to say this I've got home like had my dinner and then been like oh my god so and so still in the van and I genuinely have to go out to the van double check and obviously they're not there but it's like oh it's just such a worry um but yeah someone's yeah it's someone's baby that you're looking after like it's a massive massive responsibility if anything happens to them on your watch like oh it's just I've had instances like where the dog has been poorly after a walk and I've had to be like oh my god like retrace that dog's into racking your brain yeah have anything that it shouldn't have and like you you take out 
So, so Harriet and I, the area where we live, the council recommends that you can take up to six dogs, which is the kind of the limit. Um, some parts of the UK, it's four. Where we are, it's six, thankfully. Um, so, and that's how many we're both insured to take, I would think, if you have the same as me. Um, so you can you take up to you know five or six dogs on a walk, but you have to watch all of those dogs for the entire walk. And if you think about it, like yes, it might be all right if you've got one or two dogs. Well, you probably you're fine anyway because you've got what five. Yeah, dogs I'm used yourself, to it. Yeah, I only have one, so it was quite a big change to go from watching one dog to watching, you know, four, five, five six. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't. It's not just like oh, I'm just going to go for a stroll in the woods. Like your you really eyes have to be on are. Ball. It's like you know when yeah. people with children say you've got to have eyes in the back of your head. You literally yeah. have to have eyes in the back of your head. Dog walking because and on your side and on your yeah, hands everywhere. Like, <laughs> Because especially like I've got a few spaniels like this, they like dart into the woods and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you kind of get to know the dogs and their characteristics and their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the dogs that stick by your ankle and you know the ones that tend to kind of push the limits a bit too far and wander sure. off a bit, a bit further. Um, but yes, it, it, it's, it's quite a challenge sometimes. So we get asked this all the time, quite a lot on actually our Sausage Squad page, um, mm. more so than our dog walking page. But a lot of people who aren't in our area ask me what to look for in a good dog walker. Mm. And I, I, that is my favourite question because I'm like, da-da, 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 and give them this huge list Long of list. questions. And I'm yeah. like, please make sure you ask this. And I'm actually always grateful that people have done their research kind of thing and and go out of their way to to grill dog walkers because it could be anybody yeah Um, but what would your recommendations be oh um probably first of all figure out what you want um if if you need someone for morning walks if you need someone that can take your dog one-to-one does your dog need to stay on lead can they go off lead because different dog walkers provide different services it's not just as simple as they will walk your dog so like we both do um group walks so I'm quite strict in the fact that the dogs have to have good recall um because all of my walks are I call them adventure walks because they're not exactly on they're not just fields like they are they're either farmer's land where we have to stay off the crops and on the path um or they're like woodlands and hilly um so the dogs have to be able to go off lead and also have to be physically fit enough to do an hour's hike basically yeah um there are other dog walkers who like for example if you have a chihuahua they probably wouldn't be the right kind of dog for my walk because i have a lot of big Labradors and things um there are some dog walkers who specialize in small breed and they just take like little groups of little dogs um there's others that just do one-to-ones or on lead walks so figure out what you need for your dog first of all and make sure that your dog walker can provide that for you um that would be my first thing yeah um agreed the the second thing is don't don't just go for who's close by or who's cheapest for starters um the price i think across the uk is between like nine to t- up to 15 i think in like london yeah, for an hour and is, yeah um where we are the standard is about 10 or 11 um 
and I think most people are at that there are some people who charge like eight pound or seven pound but that's because they're like children or teenagers or something (laughs) they're not doing it as a job um but so that yeah don't don't prioritize those sorts of things the the things that I would prioritize when looking at your dog walkers like the person specifically um is their commitment to training because dog walkers um they don't need any formal qualifications there is no um law or anything like that that says a dog walker has to have a a qualification in xyz um you have to be insured so that is obviously a big one number one Um, yeah yeah number one is is insurance and it would be great if they were first aid qualified um ideally a first aid in person as opposed to just an online one but obviously at this time there are some really hard yeah yeah Um, so important the amount of incidents I mean we've not had many but it when it does happen I feel very grateful that me and the the girls who work for me have all done first aid because it's you could easily freak out in the middle of nowhere. You could be get really overwhelmed with a situation. Um, mm. And I think having a first aid course kind of, you, you, you might not use it all the time, but it's in mm. there and you, yeah. you kind of, it, it comes to, to hand more so if than you didn't have it kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think first aid is, is pretty important to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I've d- and a good first aider as well. Yeah. So I, I've done a I've done a couple and they've all been brilliant, but the advice has varied. And what I've gone off is animal love first aid, who which is taught by vet. So for me, that's like obviously epitome of first aid care <laughs> taught by vet. Definitely. Um. So, and the main thing for a dog walker as well is to just get them to a vet, like do the best you can to sort of stick things together who needs be and get into yes. that. you're not there to like do an operation in the middle of a field mm. or anything like that like that, that's the, the priority is just getting them the right attention because obviously there is no doggy ambulance unfortunately um which there should be I know well we're Why both pet taxis, though aren't we but we maybe yeah. that's our new service maybe, <laughs> dog yeah. ambulance <laughs> uh, stick a little Nino on and just, <laughs> yeah um yeah so so with with the fact that there is no requirement for any like official formal training there are a lot of people out there that um that are dog walkers and actually don't know that much about dogs um in a kind of sense that I know you and me have the same view in terms of how to train a dog and um the things that I've learned like from Kim and all the training courses it's all positive reinforcement and force-free methods like absolutely we are not yanking on dogs collars to make them heal we are not using slip leads or choke leads or anything like that and we use a ton of treats like that's really important there are kind of views and you have to make sure that your dog walker is using the same techniques that you want to ideally positive reinforcement because I know that there are some dog walkers out there that are using your Caesar Milan type techniques and honestly we've seen some horror stories you know Mm. you see all sorts on Facebook and and the internet and stuff but there's some awful stories you know most of our clients actually have cameras in the house which we don't have a problem with Um, yeah 
but I encourage video, <laughs> yeah so do I um, but videos of like leaked images of dog walkers oh. going into it just makes me feel it makes sick. me sick yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, so you know it, it triggers you if you kind of interview if you like a dog walker and they have a meet and greet with them and mm. and they have an issue with cameras or anything or positive reinforcement if that's not something that they believe in or 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 if they use terms like balance training or um because it doesn't even have to be like shock collars and things like that yeah yeah yeah. really minimal things that are just outdated methods that you kind of think oh yeah that's normal but it it, it's not like 100% someone else shouldn't be doing that to your dog someone shouldn't be yanking on their neck or something like that if they're not walking properly like it's just you have to make sure that this person genuinely does believe in the right kind of thing. In what you believe in, it's all yeah. got to be in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and ideally, you also want that dog walker to have some sort of training. Like I say, it's not a requirement. For me, it is so important because, you know, having my reactive dog... I am going to be the first to put my hands up, admit and say I did a lot of mistakes when he was a puppy because the stuff that we were told early on was old, outdated stuff. And it's the way it's the reason he is the way he is. So for me, a really big part of becoming part of this dog industry and, you know, dog walking industry, I never want to become a trainer or a behaviorist because I I don't think I could just deal. I don't think I could deal with it, to be honest. I can't train my own dog, so I'm not going (laughs) to You try though, you try. That's 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 half of it, isn't it? I think most of the time. I think with Bailey, it's more managing what's already there than changing it. It's just coping with it and viewing. I view him so differently to what I used to view him. Like I see him as a different dog because of I've changed my my mindset and the the way that we react to him as opposed to you know negatively. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But a bit, a really big part of that was obviously seeing behaviorists, talking to trainers, but then doing training. So I'm a really big fan of, um, there's a, there's a company called Canine Principles, um, which do online courses and they do everything from like, you know, really big qualifications, not really big qualifications, but like a couple of hundred quid, um, to like a 20 pound, um, CPD and it's quite it's accredited CPD as well so this is stuff that people are doing like nurses and things like that it is official and it all matches with our kind of views so I've done like little mini courses on canine bonding canine play um uh how to like calm reactivity and it's not it's not anything because I'm going to start teaching or preaching this stuff it's just so that I can understand my dogs that I'm walking better um I think a really really big one and I literally I would recommend to any dog owner never mind if you're in the dog walking business or anything is canine body language and the way that dogs communicate because unless you know it you're not going to understand your dog like I, I there's so many little things like whale eye showing the whites of their eyes like I didn't know about that until like five six years into Bailey's life like it's amazing and and actually because they can't speak obviously their body language is the only way that they can express themselves yeah if you can't understand their body language you can't understand them 
Yeah, exactly. And I think there's so many misconceptions about um, dog training and like people using these old fashioned um, you know, outdated techniques. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. I, I will, he- oh God, I can't stand it when I see it. People <laughs> that use like, that touch the dog and check in with the, like check their dog, which is like the Caesar Milan, like nudge type things. And even just really minimal stuff, like um, <clears throat> staring into your dog's eyes to be the dominant one. Like it's awful. awful. It's just not true. Like, Kim told me, and I'll it'll, I'll never forget it. The, the person who wrote the dominance theory has spent the rest of their career disproving it. Which is like, what does that say? Like, yeah. he doesn't even believe it. The the wolf theory and everything. It's so diff. It's so wrong because it's not. You know, the dom- domesticated dogs. It's completely different. So yeah, definitely for me. I think reeling it all back in. Yeah, your your dog walker has to know like up to date knowledge of dogs. They have to they have to know that stuff. Because and do you know what? It doesn't even have to be courses. It's brilliant no. if it is, but but just I read stuff all the time. Even yeah, if it's an article here or an article there. Yeah, but it's it's as long as it's coming from the right kind of people. Yeah, that is a bonus any training courses again like you said definitely um, yeah. and, and things are changing all the time as well you know there's new research and and if they can be on top of that um then I think that's more than you could you know you have more faith in them that they will understand and bond with your dog a, a little bit better yeah I think it's just about knowing that your dog is going to be in the right hands um, and and genuinely knowing that you can relax. Like, I want my clients to think, oh, I'm so relieved that Katie's coming to take the dog yeah. and I don't have to worry about, you know, how he's going to be or whether he's upset or anything like that. Like, for me, the most important thing, you know, just under safety, is that the dog has a good time and is enjoying themselves and... I just want to make it as a, as a positive experience for the dog and then the owner will be happy like but then as know. well we're happy we we there's nothing worse I've walked a few dogs and they're just so unhappy in the group situation it's yeah. just not for them it mm-hmm. it they don't gain anything from it if anything they'd probably rather be curled up in bed at home it's just not for them um so it's yeah so important like you said below safety fun and enjoyment it's it's what it's all about isn't it yeah although I feel really bad because I had Monty and Mabel today and Monty has like recently decided he hates coming on walks oh, <laughs> no. because of the cold weather but then also because his family are at home and every time I go in, he's just sat in front of the fire and he's like, I don't need this in my life. And Mabel, his sister's like, I'm ready, let's go. <laughs> and Monty, bless him, it's like, come on, let's leave the house. And I think, oh God, I hope his owners don't think like he hates walks because like in the summer months and before like 2020 lockdown and everything he was like loving it he absolutely loves his walks and he gets all the treats and absolutely loves it but like I think just a combination of the bad weather at the moment and because his family's home he's kind of just like uh why would <laughs> I, I want to leave, leave it <laughs> yeah why would I want to leave 
nice warm house with all my yeah. family to go with <laughs> you in the course. Yeah. But yeah. I think mine are definitely uh, like that. Yeah. I think a big part of that though is is being able to recognize the difference of like a dog that's having a bit of an off day or whatever and a dog that is genuinely scared Unhappy, of worry. Yeah. Because because as well it is not it, it's not for every dog. Like the van can be a really scary place for the dogs, for some of the dogs. Absolutely, yeah. Some of them take a bit of getting used to. Some of them will never get used to it and they are frightened and you can't walk them basically. Um, I've had, I think about three or four of my dogs all had fear of the van and I had to do quite a lot of work with them to get them to the point where they would jump in. And it's a commitment, but also you have to know that point when to say, this dog doesn't like this. Like this, this is beneficial for the dog. Yeah. This, this is making the dog stressed. It's not going to enjoy the walk because it's just had a ride in the van and that's just made it upset. So you have to make sure that whatever scenario is happening with your dog, like you say, either group walks or um, if it's walk from home, it has to fit your dog and it has to be yeah. what your dog enjoys. And unfortunately, the, the, there are some instances where they just, they don't it's like not for it. them. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, we, but then on the flip side, you've got those dogs that literally can't wait. I've got dogs that like fly and like dive up to the side of my van before the door's even yeah. opened and they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just su- such a personal thing, isn't it? Not mm. like like we've said, it's not for every dog. But I I think mostly keeping in contact regularly with your clients and just touching base with them because some of them lead such busy lives and that's partly the reason why they've got a dog walk. But just keeping mm. in touch with them and touching base and and letting them know if something has happened or if they maybe have had an off day, are they okay? Um, yeah. So being in regular contact with your walker, I think, is is important. If you if you need to, you know, I know some people kind of kind of give you the responsibility of walking them, and they kind of trust you and they have faith in you. They might watch your Instagram stories, and they're they're very much happy with just kind of minimal contact, which is absolutely fine. But if something were to arise, you have to be freely open with your walker and, and vice versa, your client. Um, Definitely. And, I, and I'd and i be worried if you had a dog walker who was offish with you and if you text them and was like, you know, was so-and-so okay today? And they were like, yeah, no, I want a full lowdown. I want to know yeah. what the poos were like. I want to know how many Zoomies he had. Like, yeah. And I will report that. Like, I, I'm not afraid to send a poo picture. Like, if there's a tummy issue, I'll be on it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Absolutely. 100%. I had one the other day and I was like, I'm going to have to send a picture of this because <laughs> something no is seriously, <laughs> yeah. Um, got, the bot- got to the bottom of it. But um, oh, yeah, no. definitely. Just just don't be afraid either, you know. If you think they're not right or if you're not sure about something, I'm constantly messaging loads of my clients and they message me regularly and we keep in touch and... They've got the Instagram videos, which we do live, and you do the same. I know that um, we like your, um, what is it, the Friday? What is oh, it? I haven't done one in a little while. I know. Actually, positivity parties. Yes, positivity yeah. parties. That kind um, of, I can't, I can't remember whether I was doing that before 2020 or not. 
I think you were. I think it was a 2020 thing. Yeah, it was like a, oh, wow, this year's a bit miserable. Let's let's have a party on a Friday with the dogs. I love it. Embarrass myself with some dancing. Yeah, so good. Um, If you want to see some of these. I think we haven't had one because obviously the past few Fridays it's been snow days and cancelled. Yeah, I know. Some of the dogs I only see on a Friday. So the last two weeks I've not seen them and I've been like, oh, I don't want to see you now. So I got yeah, to see I was, them, get to see them I on Friday. I was like that um, with Monty and Mabel because I, I have them four times a week and then obviously didn't have them on Thursday and Friday and then saw them today and I was like, I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wednesday. <laughs> um, oh. So yes, um, that's kind of, sums up really what to look for I would say um make sure just one other thing just touching on the van as well so like obviously there's things like the insurance and blah 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 they obviously need to be insured to be a pet taxi and to transport dogs but the transport has to be suitable so um I in my van I have custom built crates um I have five crates in total the dogs travel separately I don't care if they're the best of friends they travel separately unless they live in the same household together there has to be enough room for the dog to get up move around turn around yeah yeah, and you need water in there as well for them to have a drink if they need to um some dog walkers have like normal crates bolted down which I think you do in your van we do yeah yeah it's probably a better idea because to be honest I didn't get a new van because I thought, well, it's going to cost me a thousand pound again to get my crates. Yeah. It's like other people are just moving across. Um, but yeah, just make sure that um, you you see the van so you can go out and, you know, if you have your consultation with your dog walker, ask to see the van if they don't offer. Definitely. Um, make sure that it's the the safety aspect so for me we have the rear doors and then we also have a side door so that if we end up in a collision we can get all the the side door as well um because the cages open both ways um and yeah just just general safety type stuff making sure that there's air ventilation or air conditioning um what else uh I think that's it for van really isn't it yeah I I think so we've yeah. got that bedding in ours but it's mostly just towels for this time of year <laughs> I know I was gonna say I was going to say make sure it's relatively clean but that totally goes out the window at this time of year because oh, yeah. it is just blathered in mud 24 7 yeah um, wet towel and it stinks of wet dog and it's just it's awful like, this is a clean environment like it is cleaned but like obviously when you've just had you know 10 to 12 dogs in and out of it and then you go to a consultation and you're like and here's the van um excuse all the smell and the poo bags and everything (laughs) um and a lot of where we walk there's no poo bins either so it's literally we do we've got a bin in in the vans but um it it gets a bit whiffy sometimes but it's it's in summer it's a different story um but yeah, we've got vet bedding, a mixture really, vet bedding and waterproof kind of crate mats, which are really good. I'll send you do the you link have, for those, they're really good. Yes, please do. Um, do you have cooling mats in summer? Yeah, so we did get some, um, This not this year, yeah, this year. Oh, this year's all, no, last year. Yeah, last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's so confusing. Um, yeah, we did get some. I don't know how effective they were. Um, 
but we were just really careful on hot days kind of either cancelled on the really hot days because we had a few of those um or we did smaller groups so there was less traveling around Mm. um I think I think I cancelled all the ones that didn't need me which is most of my dogs to be fair and then the ones that did need me I literally took them five minutes down the road to a shaded woodland where there's water and I yeah. and we just sat by the water yeah it's really tiring for them in the sun you'll you'll have noticed this yeah. dogs when it's hot and we're talking hot yeah. um they get re- really lethargic and it's so important to to manage that especially because they're not very good at realizing it so I had a a few that were like the excitable you know wanting to zoom around and play with each other um and then they don't realize that it's boiling hot and that they're panting and overheating yeah and it's so you have to be careful and if necessary you know put those dogs on different walks so they're not winding each other up because it's or just cancel because it's not worth yeah. it in the it's, it's really not the same rather go and snow, visit. you know if it's unsafe to drive in the snow you cancel and if it's unsafe to walk in the heat cancel don't cancel. be afraid to tell your clients um that that you're not walking today um yeah. obviously if people needed us we did um visits for those yeah. that were obviously at work and things um but you yeah be really careful ask your dog walker as well what do you do when it's really hot Um, yeah what's your hot weather protocol and what's your snow weather protocol and also like rainstorms if it's thunder and lightning that can be really triggering for dogs um luckily I've not been out in like a really really bad storm touchwood three years or maybe had one I think you might have done yeah we've had one yeah and it was really horrendous and we cut the walk short we we yeah. turned back around I kept all the dogs on the lead because no matter how kind of unnervous should we say that dog is thunder mm. and lightning is really really daunting for them and if they hear that they could very easily bolt so I just kept them all on the lead and we went back to the van um yeah I think that's that's fair yeah, yeah. and luckily we don't have any like hurricanes or anything in this country to worry about. <laughs> um just going back to the uh the cooling mat so the reason I brought it up was I bought some but then I only use them for certain dogs because if they chew them it's toxic inside yes and gel it's like I think if this is like antifreeze or something I don't know but it's very bad um so if you have a chewy dog like a dog that likes to chew things yeah. you cannot leave them unattended on a cooling mat like just just to set and obviously they're in, when they're in the van they you are behind you yeah. they're unattended you, you know they might be there but you can't see them so you have to make sure whatever's in your crate is safe for the dog yeah suitable so we had them at home as well over the summer but I couldn't leave them because Ivy is a huge chewer um, <laughs> she doesn't ever chew things that she shouldn't really you know like it's never skirting boards or anything like that um, and she Other than started that one time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she started to chew the cooling mat so actually in the end I scrapped them and just used a wet towel yeah um, that's what I tend to do yeah yeah it's nice on the paws it's safe you don't have to it's worry too much it's familiar for them as well like a towel 
they know what a towel is. So yeah, some I think it was Missy wouldn't even step foot on the cooling mat. She just thought it was too they weird. Won't. Yeah, yeah. Bailey won't either. He doesn't like it. He won't go on it at all. He'd rather suffer in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Missy's a sun worshiper and she loves it. So we have to be mm. quite careful with her. But yeah, it's familiar. A wet towel is familiar. It's cheap. It's easy to do. Um, it's safe. So yeah. Generally, that's kind of what we we use. Um, but yeah. we did try cooling mats, but we've got a few, um, but not my favourite. I, I, put, I, I put them in for the dogs that I know, like my, the couple of big Labradors that, like, obviously would overheat in, like, no, not mm. overheat, but they're more likely to get hotter. Yeah. Um, and I know they're not going to chew because they're not silly idiots, so they can have it. <laughs> <laughs> but... I wouldn't put it in for every dog, definitely. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so touching on that, we have had some questions from Instagram. Um, <gasps> yeah, I always love these questions. Find them because it's always things that I've not thought of. Yeah. Um, so we have had a question from a sausage, of course. Oh. Oh. Um, so one of these questions, um, what inspired you to work with dogs? We know we've kind of asked you why you started dog walking, but why dogs and not humans? Oh, it's an easy one because they're better than <laughs> humans. <laughs> I think anyone that classes themselves as a crazy dog mum, like, or you know, any dog walker, when you meet them, it's quite funny. I think there's a couple of different types of dog walkers, but most of us are like those people that really don't like people which sounds horrible <laughs> like we, we are obviously nice people but socially I would rather spend time with my dog than a human and I know I like I, that's fine I'm not afraid to say that because I know loads of people would agree with me yeah and you might think if you're listening to this podcast you probably are the same <laughs> let's be honest so for me it, yeah I I would say my dog is really important to me for a lot of different reasons so he he's not just my companion I got him at a time in my life when I was depressed and he changed so much for me he he made me a different person which is like a really big bold thing to say for a dog but for, for him being that person for me imagine being with them every day and imagine having all these different personalities and how that affects you as a person and it's it sounds so big and silly to say but like it really it really is like therapy like it is the nicest things to there's, be around memes, isn't there it? like therapy is four four legs and a wet nose kind of thing but it's so yeah. true yeah I can be having like the worst day in te- like if something's happened like in your personal life like COVID for example mm. the, the whole pandemic this year I've had days where it's been really you know it's been a struggle I'm not, not I have not luckily touched wood I've not had anyone that's passed away or been seriously ill or anything like that I've just found the whole thing quite overwhelming and I think a lot of people you know will say definitely hey, random days where you just deal with it so I think just with everything that's been going on in the world at the moment highlighting that it's just so nice to be able to switch off from that you know and be without 
your phone, without your computer or whatever it might be, be outside in the great outdoors, which is so good for your mental health anyway. And then being with these wonderful little creatures that, you know, love you no matter what, it kind of, it makes you feel very happy, <laughs> I think. It does. It really does. Yeah. 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 Um, amazing. Thank you. Um, another question um, about your wedding chaperoning. Ah. Um, your top tip they've said for keeping them clean for wedding photos oh my gosh well um I would recommend it depends on what type of dog you've got and when your wedding is um so the the usual kind of routine would be get them groomed the day before or like a you know again like depending on what dog I wouldn't necessarily do it the day of the wedding because it might be a bit intense with going to a wedding as well and being groomed it really depends how um how your dog is at the groomers and whether they find that a really stressful experience or whether they're going to come back down from that quickly um if you have a dog like a cockapoo or something like that and it's a winter wedding oh probably don't walk them before or if they're going to be walked go for a pavement walk and make sure that they've got um an equa fleece on or something like that and um, so I have a, a like a water pump that I fill with like boiling water so that by the time we've had the walk it's like warm and I will give their legs a wash down I have given a Labrador a full shower once after a February wedding oh, um, God. <laughs> it was fine like thank but he was a black Labrador so like it wasn't like a white cockapoo for example I didn't yeah. have to like blow dry him um so I think it depends on the breed um and the time of year like I have a wedding this year fingers crossed maybe it is a summer one and they have fluffy dogs so we've kind of just said to um that they're gonna go for like a a walk somewhere that will be dry where they're not going to get wet they're not going to get muddy and then I'm going to give them um just like a short groom I'm not a groomer obviously it's literally I'm going to brush them and just make sure they don't have leaves make them look pretty yeah it it is a difficult one I think a lot of people are worried about like dogs jumping on wedding dresses and things but I would say that's why you should get a canine chaperone because they will be there to make sure the dog doesn't jump on your wedding dress definitely um, which would be a nightmare for the pictures wouldn't it but I think if you are having your dog at your wedding you have to be realistic in the fact that if your dog jumps up and you're having your dog at your wedding just be realistic of the fact that he's not just going to not do that because it's your wedding day. (laughs) He's going to be excited to see you and he's probably going to be like, mum. So just be prepared for that sort of thing beforehand. (laughs) Yeah, great. Because I wouldn't even think about my kind of muddy paw prints, but mine jump up. Yeah. It it would never have even crossed my mind. So I suppose if it was the squad, I'd just make sure that they all had their feet washed beforehand. Um, But like, even if I took them from the van to where they were meeting you in your wedding dress for pictures, it could be across grass. So, you know, it It could easily get muddy again. Yeah. Sure. Um, Yeah. I like that question, though, because that's that just kind of highlights why if you are wanting your dog at a wedding, maybe don't get your friend to look up to ha- bring them who's maybe not quite as aware and and hasn't done it before and doesn't sure. kind of know how to manage the situation and who might be kind of focused on other friends there and not paying as much attention so um yeah and the, this this is the thing the person like most people 
previously have gone, oh, my mum's bringing my dog to the wedding or my best friend is. But don't you want your mum or your best friend to like enjoy the day? Like don't you want your friend? And do you really want them to be leaving halfway to take your dog up to the kennels or where, you know, wherever they're going for the evening? Like it, it's, it's a really big thing to have your dog there as part of your day. They are one of the family. I would not have Bailey not let mine. That's Absolutely. like out of the question. Yeah. Unless I got married abroad and then he'd probably need a passport. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think you, you can't, put that pressure on a relative or a friend because they are not going to enjoy the wedding they're not going to be able to have as good a time because your dog might need a wee you know in the middle of the ceremony or something like pay someone to do it because then you don't have to care about that person me yeah (laughs) yeah amazing you know before you started doing it I would never have really thought about logistics of it yeah Um, but obviously mine would be there no matter what Um, But it doesn't, until you're in the position, you would be like, how on earth is that going to happen? Because my mum would outright refuse to bring mine. She'd be like, no, (laughs) I'm enjoying the day. So you answer that question for people, don't you? And the pictures Mm. that of the dogs you've taken to weddings are phenomenal. Like, I love it. In fact, I'm not... Those pictures are probably my favourite wedding pictures I've ever seen. Probably just because there's dogs. But honestly, it's amazing. And like you help the dog in the pictures as well, don't you? With treats. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's literally the whole day. It's not just bringing the dog. It's everything from imagine you are getting ready in the morning and you're getting your hair and makeup done do you want your dog there for starters? Because some people do. Some people want to get ready with their dog. And it's quite relaxing, don't they? Yeah. 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 And then your dog is part of your full day. That's absolutely fine. Some people really don't want the dog there because it is just going to be getting under their feet and standing on dresses and trying to eat confetti or something like that. (laughs) Um, So I can take them for that time. I can take them out of the house and take them on an adventure and they're going to have a really great time and then meet you at the wedding later on. So you can do everything from um, having your dog be a ring bearer. And I think some people are like, oh, we'd never make it up the aisle. I can walk them up the aisle <laughs> so they can yeah. stay on leave. They don't have to be trained to do it. Um, I can walk them up the aisle. They can have the rings or they can go on their own. You can strap a GoPro to their back, like, and it, you know, if they're all right with that sort of thing. Yeah. I have seen some people literally putting cameras, like, and the dog runs up the <laughs> aisle. It's a really cute videography shot. Um and then, so most people will just have the dogs there for the pictures, which is obviously after the ceremony from like one till three, um, up until like evening, uh, sorry, after the wedding breakfast and speeches. That that time is when you have your dog there. But some people have them there all evening. Um, the other thing is then what you do with your dog afterwards. Um, do they go to a kennels? Are they going to a family members? Do you need pet sitting service? Um, are they going to be staying with you at your accommodation? If they are, who's going to look after them in between? But like all of those things we cover. Um, but I would say one of the biggest things is the pictures. Um, firstly, talk to your photographer about it because thankfully those pictures that you mentioned have all been with amazing photographers who have loved dogs. Yeah, they're been so like, good. Let's get these dogs involved where we can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I coordinate with the photographer to talk about 
um, ideas because I think some people just, I mean, it, when you get married anyway, it can be quite daunting to think, oh my God, pictures. <laughs> like it's think about, photography yeah. time, yeah. Um, so it, a dog, having your dog there will probably relax you more and can give you a focus as well if you're not as like posy, if you don't want to be like that posy kind of yeah, couple. It's more natural, isn't it, with your dogs and yeah it's definitely I would find it I think would find it really it would chill me out a lot having them there yeah. and not having to be like oh can you just look this way and look you know what I mean and it's yeah. way yeah. more natural yeah so I think some people kind of would would imagine the like mum dad and dog babies in front like that family portrait picture but there's so many other things you can do like get creative talk to your photographer talk to your videographer if you have a videographer like think about running shots or get your dog on the bar or like so many crazy things that you can do like to have to have fun memories and fun pictures that include your dog Um, and if you are worried as well about like your dog posing which I think people would look at pictures and think my dog would never do that like that's why I'm there. That, I'm not going to say I'm good gonna, at that. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm going to be able to like work miracles. But one of my earlier clients, in fact, it was early 2020. It was just before pandemic. <laughs> it was in a wedding in New York, um, and they were like really worried because the dog had the attention span of like a piece of rice. <laughs> like he, they were like, I don't know how you're going to get pictures of him. Don't know how I'm going to get a look at the camera. Um, and they only wanted a few pictures of that time, so it wasn't like a massively creative um, shot or anything. Um, but I made sure that I had really high value treats and I kind of said to the clients, right, you just focus on what you look like. Do not worry about the dog. That's going to be my responsibility. Um, and we kind of, um, basically what I do is it's hold whatever's rewarding to the dog. So the treat, the toy, whatever it might be directly above the photographer's head as they're shooting. (laughs) And the dog then looks like they're looking at the camera. So for the photographer, they don't have to worry about the dog because that's my responsibility. And for the couple, they also aren't thinking, oh, what, is the dog... Where is it? Yeah. Like, focus on what you look like and how you feel. Like, I think it just takes that pressure off. I was going to say, there's there's so much pressure and stress on the day um, mm. that taking that element out of it, I, I mean, what better way to do it? I think, yeah. I honestly think... He- absolutely fab idea and I love that you do that and I always look forward I know we've had a bit of a lack of them in 2020 but Mm. hopefully this year we will see loads of amazing wedding pictures with lovely pooches in them I tell you, yeah, I've, all of mine have rescheduled to 2022. So if you are getting in 2020, getting married in 2021 and you are looking for a dog chaperone, I have lots of availability. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and go and look on Katie's Instagram because you'll see what, what I mean when I say they're amazing. And just, yeah, go and look on it and um message Katie ask her any questions you like because you are super helpful aren't you like you're very willing to give advice and stuff Um, (laughs) and actually that brings me on to um messaging Katie for snuffle mats um typically you only do local delivery on those don't you but if you do want one just drop her a message and she'll see what she can do won't you yeah so um because they're quite heavy the the postage uh was 
a lot more than I was expecting, let's say. So I haven't, as a standard, done like UK postage. However, um, if that's something that a lot of people are wanting, it might be something that I sort of expand to. But at the moment, it is just local, which is HG area for anyone that, that is listening. Um, but like Harriet says, please just drop me a message and I can definitely um, see what I can do. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, always lovely talking to you. Um, but it's it's nice kind of for those further afield that might not be able to use both kind of either of our services. Um, but to get an insight into most importantly, I think, is the snuffle mat and the enrichment and that kind of thing. Um, mm. And also what to look for in dog walks, I think, is so important um yeah and then obviously hear about your lovely wedding chaperones and your art and all things like that is is really nice as well um so thank yeah. you very much we've loved having you oh thank you harriet i've loved being on <laughs>